the Women Unleashed podcast. Join us as we share with you the fun, confronting, wild, fucked up, epic and raw side of being a woman in today's world. Nothing is off limits. Allow yourself to be inspired to be unleashed. We acknowledge that we are recording our podcast on the traditional country of the Turrbal and Yagara people and pay respect to their elders past and present. We acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and contribution they make to this community. Welcome back to the Women Unleashed podcast. I am your co-host Taylor and I'm here with Britt. And today we're going to talk about something super exciting that Britt's been up to, which is all about um, going to the Olympics Mm -hmm. and with with a horse, (laughs) 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 Uh, show jumping. Um, Yeah, and what it's taken for Britt to discover that this is, you know, her dream and her passion. So we're going to dive into all that today and, you know, Britt will give you more context around it. I don't think I explained it very well, but that's for Brit to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. I won't make it mean like you haven't been hearing the, me for the last six months at all, Taylor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Right. No, right. I know what you're – yeah, okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I rode as a kid competitively, did show jumping um, and then just got super righteous and angry and stopped – for 15 years basically I rode on and off and during it's a long time and during that time or no in the last sort of six to 12 months actually I've always known like that I wanted to to go to the Olympics and I wanted to um have a professional show jumper lifestyle like international Mm -hmm. competitive um flying around the world doing what I love And I don't know what that's going to take, but that's always what I wanted. And I secretly said to myself that if I don't, um, if I don't start running again by 30, that I would just start anyway, no matter where I was at in my life. And what my plan was, was to go to uni, get a good job Mm -hmm. and lots (laughs) of money um, so that that I could fund myself um, going around the world with horses. And though like and just wasn't working like Mm. um I'm never gonna have enough money like really working for someone else the uber wealth to support this kind of sport um there's always a limit right when you're working for someone else yeah and even if I was working for someone else at quite a high level or um it would require my time Mm. like and with a sport like this you need all your time to be riding and training and flying around the world. Mm. Um, and, but I was like under some illusion that that's how was going to get me there. Um, and my own illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Nathan sat me down a few uh, months ago and asked me how much I was, how much I thought I needed to get to the Olympics. And I said, hundred million dollars. And he said, really? "Yeah, well, Jesus. like horses in Europe are like, oh, like could be millions. Like, mm. and then you got to fly everywhere, and yeah. you know, you got to have a string of good horses, and like by a string of good horses, I don't mean a horse on a string. I mean like oh, we got it. five <laughs> horses. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people just don't get it. Um, anyway, um, and he asked me how much I was saving 
every month. And I can't remember what that figure was, but he said that I, based on what I was saving every month, I was going to get to the Olympics in 6,944 years. (laughs) That's a long time. You won't even be here, Mm. unfortunately. Yeah, no. Unless we come up with a miracle way to... To keep me around. But then you want to keep your same body right now, right? I don't even think I would have got there, Taylor. Like with the someday one day I was living into, like all the illusion, I don't think I would have ever, ever got there. Um, And that was like like taking a slingshot to the face. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Like I, yeah, yeah. So then I had to look at my life and look at how many... Um, days I spend working for someone else versus working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend five days working for someone else, less than two days working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, looked at you are who you hang around. So if I'm spending five days a work, five days a week at work, I'm going to mostly be an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like the evidence is stacking up. Yep. Um, so I then created with, uh, my company, the company I work for to go part-time. Awesome. Yes. So last Friday was my first, uh, last, no, my last day of full-time employment and tomorrow will be my first day of no employment. Oh my goodness. Um, a whole day to yourself. Two days a week, actually. Because I'll be working. Days. Only yeah, that's working, right. Three days. Yeah, I'm <laughs> only working three days a week um, until the 1st of January and then two days a week thereafter. Amazing. Um, so the rationale behind that um, one, it was like business need, uh, the person replacing me, et cetera, um, onboarding them because I'm in a leadership position. So mm-hmm. that takes some time. And. Uh, Doing three days a week has the balance of days in my favor. So four days a week yep. for me. And then obviously when I do two days a week work, it'll be five days a week mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's taking quite a bit to get there because I actually asked for part-time in November last year. <laughs> and then I chickened out on myself. I was a bit like, oh, but you know, like I tried to then like go through that old brain pattern of like justifying, no, no, I could do it full time. I could yep. do it, you know, um, And so I kind of didn't get in action around making the plans, the transition plans that were required for me to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I had, yeah, that moment, I think it was in March earlier this year. And yeah, I just said, nope, it's two days or none at all. So then I really backed myself and got into action around that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, And was it like, uh, obviously it took a lot for you to even start the conversation with your employer, but in the end, like, how did they react to it? Uh, they were really great. Like the first time I said it, they were really great. And then the second time I came to them, I was quite emotional Mm. because I was prepared to basically leave if they were a no. Um, and like they weren't a no, uh, we just had to work it out and I had to get in action around driving that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So I had to get in action around driving that and, then I was a bit, yeah, a bit emotional, cried a bit, but that's what I really wanted. So, awesome. um, and what has, I guess, assisted me, obviously the personal development work that I do do a lot of, um, and 
one of the things I had decided, like, because look, like really little kid, my parents mm-hmm. are broken up, um, is that there's something wrong with me. Mm. And so my whole life I've been deferring um, myself, like my worth, my decisions, my confidence, my responsibility, all of it to other people or, you know, listening to an empowering song, reading an inspiring book or getting more tips and tricks. Um, I've really – that what do they call it? That internal locus of control um, mm. has been external to myself. Um, and I have since been actually experiencing myself empower myself and get that I have a say and it's it's really up to me and mm. I'm the one that determines how powerful I am. Yep. And uh, what life you have. And what life I have and then what comes with that is being responsible with all of it. Mm. Um so, uh, yeah, then I started writing again, having lessons, probably did about six months worth mm-hmm. of lessons and riding other people's horses. And my sister was on my ass about like, mm-hmm. um, you haven't got a horse yet. You said you're going to the Olympics. It's been a year. Um, and thanks, Elodie and <laughs> Nathan. Um, <laughs> they're really standing for me. Yeah, they were. Well, they are. Uh, they are. They mm-hmm. are. And then so I found a, a really great adjustment paddock because I don't live on property at the moment. And, uh, it yeah, it took about six months of looking to find that adjustment property or at least six months. So it's perfect. And then when I got that, I basically had a month to go and find my horse and I found my horse. And I, I, I still don't know what um, everything – I feel like I know nothing, right? Like about how to manage a horse, let mm-hmm. alone like I can get on a horse and ride it, but managing a horse, like mm-hmm. its well-being, especially a competition, like an athlete, competition athlete, uh, is a whole nother story and mm-hmm. training and developing it as well as myself as a rider. Um, yeah. So have you got some support or assistance for doing that? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. So um, part of just being okay with that was then in finding the horse, I reached out to um, people that I knew when I was competing but Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily like really good like buddies with, Mm -hmm. just like I knew of them and I admired them. And so I actually reached out to them. I was like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, I had really good close friend as well. She really, really knows horses. Um, And, uh, yeah, she would sort of like vet the horses that um, I would send her. I'd also send them to my mom and my sister. So I had like this whole tribe of people yeah. on my team to find this really cool horse. Cool. Um, and I, I just had to back myself that I was going to learn it, yes. you know, ask the questions um, that needed to be asked. And one cool thing that I noticed is like uh, when you start like doing self-development work, what, one of the things I decided I wanted to do it the outside of the work was like be the same person in every area of life and what I noticed was around horses I was quite meek and mild mm. um, I wasn't as spoken up even now probably like you've noticed like maybe a, a different tone in my voice yep. yep um and I yeah that's cool to call that out um mm. So I noticed that and then I was like, well, why aren't I being like super outgoing and like just asking all the questions and being, um, what is it? Humble and humorous? Like just 
absolutely nothing's wrong about everything. Having fun? <laughs> yeah, having fun. Yeah, I was like, I should be having fun. I'm being so, yeah. so significant right now. So I should be having fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got the absurdity of me not having fun whilst I was doing mm. those things because like, holy moly, I get to buy my own horse. Yeah. Yes. How many people can say they have their own horse? Yeah. Um, and so I, I've been sharing it with everyone now, you know. Yeah, um, it's amazing. So not the Friday just gone the Friday before that um I bought a horse and his name is Carlos he's a beauty he is gorgeous 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 <laughs> gorgeous we'll put some photos on Instagram and he is a warm blood cross thoroughbred so warm bloods are like sort of European generally um mm-hmm. a style of performance horse and a thoroughbred is a racing horse generally that's mm-hmm. their first life uh and he was purpose-bred, so he has a really cool dad from Europe. Um, and, uh, yeah, like his bloodlines are like metre 60 jumping, really, really yep. exceptional. So has he done show jumping before? Yes, Carlos is six-year-old. So he's done um, like, you know, a moderate number of shows, um, probably not as many as he could uh, do for his age. Mm-hmm. And that's been a function of, um, you know, like l- – circumstances for his previous owner you know life direction and Mm -hmm. things like that alter and um, then uh covid and rain Mm -hmm. all of that um bloody rain bloody rain (laughs) uh however carlos carlos sounds spanish but he's not spanish um has a really great attitude and temperament beautiful although like he's um i think we're just in that like forming a relationship yeah. stage at the moment because mm-hmm. uh we brought him home yesterday he floated so well oh, um awesome. and uh it's wet too so like poor dude he's like in the rain he's got a, a stable to go into um but you know like it's just it's wet like you can't yeah. give him a big cuddle because it's like well you can but it's just it's wet <laughs> um it's yucky yeah. um but yeah i am proud of myself for uh, buying him, for backing myself, yeah. taking the um, the guidance and the opinions on, and yeah, um, it's been phenomenal to watch you. You know, you only shared with me like a few months ago that you actually wanted to do this. I didn't even know that this was a dream of yours to go to the Olympics. Kept it pretty well hidden for yeah. a while there, and then you just blurted out, and you're like, "Yes, I do," and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I didn't know. See, like, that's a symptom of me not like sharing, right? Like yeah. me uh, keeping it hidden, a secret. Um, and not only do I want to go to the Olympics, I want to be the first Australian woman to win a gold medal in show oh jumping. Oh my goodness. So, that's a big goal. Good like, on you. If I'm going to go for it, like yeah. why not? Like not if I'm creating it, <laughs> then I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, like, yeah. So when are you doing your first show? Do we have uh, some dates around that? I don't have dates at the moment. My plan is to spend the rest of this year which is two months which is not that long in the grand scheme of things and considering like the rain situation I don't have an undercover facility to train under so I'm gonna have to like travel somewhere potentially to get some dry training spaces Mm, mm. uh but for the rest of this year my plan is to get to know him get really connected with Carlos um and just do lots of like flat work and get my knowledge up to speed with the flat work. work? Oh, flat work is, so do you know what dressage is? I don't know any. I don't know much about a horse. Flat work is the foundations for being able to communicate 
and ride your horse, like walk, go. Like as one. Walk, trot, canner, stop, go, turn. Oh, okay. So the basic kind yeah, of. Yeah. Like turn really tightly, do a big circle, go faster, go slower, mm-hmm. um, collect your head, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are essential to being able to successfully navigate a um, show jumping course. Right. So a lot of people think, oh, you must practice like jumping all day. You know, it's all about the jump, but like jump is like a tiny Mm. bit of it. Mm. Um, I think a lot of it is actually how you communicate and navigate around a course because show jumping is about having no penalties and being the fastest. Mm. So Yeah, there's not a lot more to it than just jumping. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you want to be able to actually get around the course in the most efficient, fastest way possible. So, it's, so it is about speed too. Like, sorry, you just yeah. Said, so it's the quickest as well. Yeah, yeah, the quickest. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So you want to be able to get around the course mm. really, really quickly, and leave all the fences up. Mm. So, um, and yeah, have your horse enjoy it and have him be a really, really successful athlete. So. Uh, that's what I'm going to do for the last couple of months of this year mm-hmm. and then uh, plan out like a competition schedule for next, next year. Cool. And have you got like a coach? Uh, I I don't I, – I do have one coach, yes. Um, and uh, actually, no, I've got a, co- I've got a couple. My mum's my coach, mm-hmm. another friend, Robin. Um, that's – and they'll coach me on like flat and jumping – I don't have um, anyone else, but I, I will get lessons and they're yep. like for dressage and um, also logistics, you know, mm. like some of people live a long way away. So if someone's closer and can give dressage lessons that um, that I am looking for, then, you know, let's go for it. Yeah, great. Um, so, yeah. Cool. That's, that sounds awesome. It's the journey so far. Well, mm. we're excited to hear more about it and see – what happens (laughs) thank you that's okay thank you um yeah do you have any other questions about it or Mm. no i think i think you can't oh i've got to share there's like a list uh, probably at least 20 30 people long of people that want to come see carlos oh yeah me Yes, including <laughs> you and Will. Like everyone I've shared with, they're like, oh, can we come and see him? So he's going to be super duper duper loved. Yeah. Um, and uh, going to have to fill out lots of waivers of liability because horses are dangerous. And, yes. you know, you basically have to sign your life away if you want to go touch one. Yes, I think I'll wait after I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can pat him. Yeah, I can pat his little head. His oh, cute nice. head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's that's it. Cool. Alrighty, well, look, thanks everyone for listening and have fun sharing what you've gotten for yourself out of what we have shared today. And our goal is for our content to reach as many people as possible and become the number one women's empowerment podcast in Australia. Our call to action is that you contribute to your fellow women by sharing this episode, leaving a review and following us on social media. Bye for now. See ya.